Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's the January 2009 edition of our show, the very first show of 2009. I hope you all had a great new year and you're just now recovering from your drunken New Year's celebratory regalias of craziness. I know I am, almost, and I'm so happy to be here to start a new year of Poetry Superhighway Live broadcast. It's our monthly open reading, and you, you ladies and gentlemen, you are invited to call in and read your poetry. We have no content or style restrictions. I keep getting questions from people that, yeah, well, my uh, my poem has the word tree in it, and I, I say it in kind of an angry way. Is that okay? Sure, it's okay. Say anything you want in any manner whatsoever, as long as you consider it poetry or in the, the grander scheme of Spoken word, we'd be happy to, to host it here. It's a worldwide open reading. It's open to everyone in the entire world, which is exciting to me. Uh, let's get some people from Uruguay calling in. That would be cool. Um, we've got some callers on the line already. We're going to get to you in a few minutes, so um, thanks for calling in early in the show. That's the, that's the best way to do it, because you'll for sure get on, and uh, if, if callers are light, you might get to read more than one poem. You never know. My name is Rick Luber, by the way. Did I mention that? I'm the host of this show, the, uh, the guy behind the Poetry Superhighway, and glad to have you with me. I want to mention something. At about the half-hour point of the show, uh, I'm going to be playing a spoken word track. I mentioned this a couple of months ago on the show. We're going to be starting the Poetry Superhighway Live podcast. And so this is an open call for submissions for you to send spoken word MP3s. Just send a spoken word MP3 to me at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com. Or if you have a CD, a spoken word CD, you can mail that to me and email me for the address at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com. And soon we'll be starting our regular podcast, which will be a short uh, piece, which will feature two spoken word tracks chosen from two different submitted works of spoken word MP3s or uh, tracks or so, and uh, it'll be kind of like the Poets of the Week thing on the web, except it'll be all audio, and uh, and um, and you'll get to hear it every week here at uh, both on the on the Blog Talk Radio. We'll, we'll we'll broadcast it here, and it'll be available for from all of the places that you can normally subscribe to podcasts as well. So if you uh, if you have a spoken word MP3 or a CD of, of tracks that you want to send. Please do. We'd love to consider it for a broadcast in the Poetry Superhighway live podcast. Or perhaps this is just incentive for you to put together something of that nature. You could just record something into your computer and send it off. And that's how it'll work. So, again, the number to call in is area code 646-716-7362. I will identify you by the area code that you're calling from, so uh, be sure to know your area code, and if you hear that, then you'll know that you're on the air. That's how it works. So starting with our first caller from the 510 area code, hello. Hi. Glad to be here, Rick. What a lovely thing. <clears throat> Glad to have you. Who am I talking about? Clive Matson. Hi, Clive. And, and where are you calling have, I'm calling from Oakland. California. <clears throat> Great to have you, Clive. Um, and I, I, I guess you've got something to read. I have Chalcedony Song 16. Are you ready? I'm ready. Stop that turning and twitching. Be calm. Don't sunflowers assess the light? Eagles with winds in mountain canyons? Snails with tenderness of sprouting lettuce? These ten judges test your feel, and this is natural law. Be still. They sense most thoroughly when there's no motion but what contact creates. And these judges demand exactness. So does the marigold assessing sweet dampness for its roots. So does the phoebe, the strength of a lofty twig where it would perch. Don't interfere with this marriage of skin and skin. These judges go place they like, like animals, like cats to the hood of a warm truck. One looks for slickness and tug of raw silk. 
another for fine-spun rayon and winds toward inner thighs. That one seeks sand dune texture miniaturized along tiny sides of nipples and edge of your penis cap. This one has a penchant for prairie grass, wind-blown minutely on your arm, another for coarse forests on neck and lower back, and this one, this one likes Velcro, and there's only one place for that. Be quiet. Be perfectly quiet while these geniuses go excursioning. Though a storm swirls under your skin and the roiling builds, the more, the more firm you hold the quivering surface. Those other judges, forget them, that busy tumescence expert, that electricity meteor with stainless rods and plexiglass gauges, and the weather person measuring temperature. I've crushed under their expert precision, laying in underbrush, dodging flashlight beams, groveled under low branches and darted away from treasure chests riddled with bullet eyes. We're not competing. These judges don't give prizes. If you imagine they like you beyond anyone, you'd be so right and so wrong. Any human would fascinate equally, but it's you they're bonded to. You who raise neck hair by pelvic bone kismet by some magic only you know and judges can't fathom. I judge you perfect, firm and soft, muscles as any David's, spongy as a universe of Aphrodite. But don't be smug. Don't move. The moment those judges satisfy, the instant low bulges increases in steep ascents, water smooth and crested with slick sate, other avid explorers in the forest come salivate. The baked air parts and a wrist announces these ravenous animals, my lips and my tongue. Clive, we couldn't have asked for a better beginning to our open reading today. Thank you so much for sharing that. Great. That's Chalcedony Song 16. There's more on my website at matsonpoet.com. How do you spell it? M-A-T-S-O-N-P-O-E-T dot com. That's right. And you said you're from Oakland, right? That's right. Uh-huh. And it sounds like you're, you're, you've are uh, you read your poetry before. Uh, out loud. Of course, the Bay Area, there's, there's no shortage of, of places to go and, and read poetry in front of people. Is there a, is there a particular place that you, uh, that you frequent or a couple of places that you want to mention that, that you're fond of? Gosh, Priya is a good place, San Pablo and University, and the uh, Poetry Slam at the Starry Plow on Shattuck and Prince. And, of mm-hmm. course, I started in New York many years ago at La Metro and the Dumago. That's great. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for calling in and, and reading your work, and I, I definitely hope you call in again. I will, Rick. It's a wonderful thing you're doing. It's great to spread this stuff around. Poetry is such a wonderful thing. Undoubtedly. Thanks for having me. Take it easy. Thank you for calling. That was uh, Clive Matson calling from uh, Berkeley, California. Mentioned a couple of readings that you could participate in up there. You can also get more from Clive on his website, clivematson.com. Thank you so much for calling in, Clive. The number for you to call in is 646-716-7362. We'd love to hear the work that you have. There's a couple other ways to participate as well. There's a uh, if you're at the uh, Blog Talk Radio page and listening to the show, you probably see that there's a chat room. There's a few people in there, and sometimes during the show, people listening chat with each other and, and talk about what they've heard. And and uh, sometimes those are the callers as well, and they repost their their website links and things in the chat room. So it's kind of a, a way to participate in the show in addition to calling in. Um, also, uh, there's uh, I'm actually uh, on uh, AOL Instant Messenger. You can you can send me an instant message at Rick Poet. That's my screen name. If you're on iChat or any of the uh, chat programs which are compatible with AOL Instant Message, and would love to uh, hear what questions you have or uh, if you've got a recommendation or anything, please go ahead and send it. We'd love to uh, spread as much information about poetry as possible. Again, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Plenty of time to call in and share your work. Moving right along to a caller from the 202 area code. Hello. Hi there, Rick. This is Susan Meehan calling. I have called in 
for your terrific program in the past. And Great to have you back, Susan. Yes, I've enjoyed Where it. Where are you calling from again? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., a, a yes. hotbed of all things. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right now we're uh, all kind of hunkering down, getting ready for the uh, inaugural here. In what ways do you uh, do you personally hunker down? Well, for the for the inauguration. That's interesting you ask because that is related to the the poem that I am going to read. I sent in the poem that I wrote to the uh, Obama headquarters, and you'll you'll see why when you when you hear it. It's great to answer a question with a poem, especially on this show, so let's hear it. Okie dokie. I should just start off by saying that I am a volunteer with an organization that that does first respond we're first responders to uh, murder uh, families of murder victims in the district. And that's what this poem starts off as. It starts off darkly, but it, it it gets a little light toward the end. It's called Candlelight Vigil for a Christmas Time Murder Apotheosis, 6 p.m., 25 degrees Fahrenheit, wind 25 miles per hour. The alley where he was killed was night walled, so pitch black that cops brought in a truck with spotlights to light it up, to shine where his blood had been washed away just two days ago, as if the Light could wash it away. The wind sped down the alley, smacked into the mourners, keeping vigil against the night. Mourners lighting candles that they that could not stay lit. Everyone who gathered looking as frozen as me. On a night as cold as his grave, he would have been 22 years old the next day. Didn't reach his birthday. Leaving only a trace of smile to play in the numb lips of those who came in to respect. Sixty friends who had gathered on this frigid night to remember a sweet young man they could not save. Arriving early, I watched police. I thought they had come to honor the victim. Instead, I saw them pull four young men from a house that backed the alley, handcuff and stuff them roughly one by one into cage cars, waiting at the alley's throat. And then in that cold night, as the cage cars took away their prisoners, as we stood on the ground where a decent young man had been murdered, something happened. I saw no stars, no angels, no sky filled with glory, just a dark alley that had been filled with blood, now filling with young people whose lives had been blunted by fear, smothered by danger, heavy with cruelty. They slipped in quietly, one by one, refuting the night's claims, sick of its endless casualties, tired of being trick-forced into a dark alley with no exit, a dead-end alley, a dead alley, dead. Sixty shivering, shivering people gathered, fifteen people spoke, waiting to share their pain, not wanting a warm night, a comfortable night, frigidity redeeming their pain. They had heard a voice call them, a clear and righteous voice that told them now was the time they could make a difference. Slowly, huddling against the wind, they began to move closer, coming together, touching elbow to elbow, then linking arms in a tight circle, answering that voice, whispering, then shouting, Yes, I can. Yes, we can. Bright words of encouragement, of passion for great change, burst out and filled the skies, printing burning words of hope across the heavens. And so they went out into an alley where blood had been spilled, where a murder had taken place, and defied the past, binding that born-again change in blunt and solemn words to their lives, knowing nothing would ever be the same again, especially not them. I was proud to have been there, standing in that alley in a night without stars, with 60 people I didn't know, cupping stiff, frozen hands around candles barely staying lit, standing in the cutting life of a police 
floodlight that poured down the alley, a tidal wave of light over that cold, cold place, a place where I heard a message of love and I saw angels. There you have it. Very nice, uh, Susan. We've had no complaints about the people who've read on the show so far, and really strong work. Thank you for uh, sharing that. It's my pleasure. And uh, now I know you you said you've called in before. Is is there a a good, I don't know if I've asked you this in the past, but is Mm -hmm. there a good spoken word community in in D.C., in the D.C. area? Do you participate in any readings there? Um, I haven't been reading regularly lately, but... I have, when I do, I usually go up to Busboys and Poets, which now has two locations in D.C., uh, and is a very successful place where people uh, come and, and do reading. So that, that's it's a, so it's, it's a venue that exists specifically for poetry readings, sounds by the name of it? Yeah, it's a restaurant, but it's a restaurant whose aim is to share poetry, share public events, and uh, it works very well. Yeah. That sounds really cool. What what kind of food do they serve there? <laughs> it's a, they got a variety. The food is excellent, and the, the, they have music, and the the poetry is. Uh, it's vibrant and and active, and uh, there's a lot of stuff being shared there. So that's probably the uh, the city's best location. And it's uh, Bus Boys and Poets. And bus Boys and Poets. There's two locations: one up at 14th and V, and the other down around. Uh, Near seventh and L, approximately. I, I don't, I don't have that exactly right, but it's uh, brand new. You know, before you mentioned that it was a restaurant, I, you know, I thought, well, gosh, I know what the poets are going to do at the mic, but what are the busboys going to do when it's their turn? <laughs> you know, so get up well, to the I mic. Think it okay. respects them too, so I, I, I like that. Take your dishes on the stage, I guess. I'm not uh... for sure. For sure. Well, cool. Susan, thanks so much for calling in. Please call in again and uh, have a great rest of your day. Sure. Thanks. Good luck hunkering down for the inauguration. Yeah. That was uh, Susan Meehan calling from Washington, D.C., reading a, a great piece and, and also talking about the venue that she's been to, Busboys and Poets. That's it's pretty cool. A, a restaurant slash poetry venue. And oftentimes you find readings at coffee houses and at venues and things, but to have a venue, uh, at least partially of which the express purpose of is to have poetry at is uh, is a rare thing and it's, it's very cool. So thanks very much for sharing that, Susan. Uh, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. You can also participate in the chat room uh, or send me an instant message at, at Rick Poet with, uh, I don't know, whatever you feel I should hear from you instantly. So uh, the next caller online, I guess it's from a blocked number because I only see uh, uh, ones, which is what I see on the screen when it's blocked numbers. So if you're on the on the line waiting to talk, uh, why not say hello and we'll figure out if it's you. Hello, Rick. Hi. Is that me? That's you. Oh, good. All right. I'm Ropsel uh, Pinkett, and I'm calling from Calabasas, and we've met a couple of times at the Cobalt Lounge. Okay. And Great. I like to, like, read one of my works. Love to hear it. Okay. I call it, I Thought I Knew Her. I was very difficult, and it certainly was not to stare. My eyes forever returning to the place where they had been blessed by the light of her form. And she just sat there as if the entire world had already taken notice and found nothing unremarkable. Yet calm and knowing, she was indeed the one, the one who made the picture in my head and the ambiance in my heart whole again. And I, I was where I was, so insignificantly positioned 
all the way across to the other side of town. I could still see her and wondered how such feminine perfection could reveal itself beyond the beige khaki work shirt, the camouflage fatigues, and the not-so-brightly-polished brown aldos she adorned. Will she be exposing herself to me with flirtatious eye glances or with words of evidence and truth? Or will I just continue to imagine that just maybe she had noticed me in the all of everything that composed her world? Raised to be the wife of a kingdom, ruled by generosity and humanity's gifts. And she just sat there, yet calm and knowing she was indeed the one, undaunted by the mediocrity of short-sighted souls. Her greatness lies in her simplicity, which is well beyond zeros and ones. And I, I was where I was, in full recognition to record every moment my soul and spirit danced together. And when asked the question, why do you stare at her so? I simply replied, I thought I knew her. I hung my guns up years ago and never took the pleasure in the freedom of communicating ten toes up and ten toes down. But just beyond the khaki work shirt and those camouflage fatigues and those not-so-brightly-polished brown aldos, there is a goddess whose dimensions exact these arms, waiting arms, arms that wait as though they were certain of one thing, I will forever cherish the opportunity to perhaps get close enough to embrace her fragrance and wear it on my upper lip, like the glow on my heart when I saved that kid's life. Beautiful, yes. No? No, in the sense that there is an out-of-doorness about her that is drop-dead real and refreshing. I know I'm still running with the bull and she doesn't even know my name, but what she does know would sustain her if she would only allow the jukebox to play our song. How can I convince her now that we own the machine and that happiness is something she showed me when we first met? I'm no cowboy, nor do I pretend to be, and late-night rides on the range is not my thing. The very father of my being wants to go, but the mother of my wit says no. And just past her children, I need to breathe. And at no other place, at no other time, and with no other man will she ascend to complete womanness. Looking at her, I can see God thanking me, and I can hear it in her voice. Don't hesitate to touch me. Don't hesitate to leave. Do not hesitate to stare and she just sat there yet calm and knowing she was indeed the one and I was where I was not recognized by the highness of my dream well I better get going it's a long walk to the other side of town thank you Rick Thank you for calling in, Rob. That was a, it was a delightful piece, um, and I, I hope that all people who you wish will expose themselves to you. <laughs> I tell you, man, you are a great host. I'm serious. You are fantastic. You do a wonderful job. Thanks, Thanks for having been, Well, hold on a second. You've been to the, you've been to the Cobalt, uh, uh, which is, uh, I guess, not that far from where you live in Canoga Park on... Tuesday nights. That's the weekly reading I MC every every Tuesday. Have you been to any other readings around town? Yeah, I, I um, frequent the um, uh, what is it? Village Books. That's okay. Yeah, up on Swarthmore. Where, where is Village Books? Swarthmore in um, Pacific Palisades. And I've been oh, to. Is that the, the, that, I'm sorry, is that the is that the Moon Day reading that, uh, that Alice Perot and and friends host? Exactly, exactly. Okay. And um, I frequent the world stage. And uh, I've we gone had, to... Uh, maybe you were there, but we just had Juwanza Dumasani from the world stage reading at the Cobalt uh, last month. I think the Valley Contemporary Poets presented him, and he's the uh, artistic director of, of the world stage. Exactly. Mongdo, uh, as a matter of fact... Um, uh, Juwanza and myself uh, are in regular communication with one another ever since that reading, because I was at the lounge when he w w when you had him um, d 
do some of his work when you featured him. Right. Yeah. So I've been in touch with him ever since. He's a great poet. That was a, was a you know, this everyone you know has their own strength on the, when they're when they're reading, and sometimes it's just the words themselves. But there's something about the way that he read his work that just set this sort of unique tone, you know, for his whole you know 15, 20 minute presentation. And you couldn't you couldn't take your eyes off him, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like I told you, I'm new at this, you know, but I think I have something to say and. I have this urge to get it out, you know? <laughs> well, just, and I'm having a ball. Just be careful about getting it out in public, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean, Rick, and thanks for having me. No problem. That was uh, Rob Soul Pinkett calling from Calabasas, California. He's, uh, he's a regular at the, at the weekly open reading that I host in, uh, in Canoga Park, the Cobalt Cafe. Uh, you can check out more... Uh, about that by going to poetrysuperhighway.com slash cobalt. That is uh, every single Tuesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. And uh, it's an open reading much like this one, except you do have to wear clothes at it because it is a venue in public, unlike this, where God knows what any of you are or aren't reading out there listening to the show. So check it out. It's a, it's a cool thing. Actually, this Tuesday at the Cobalt, I'm presenting as our featured reader, in addition to the open reading, a new uh, a new regular at the Cobalt, a new a new regular to the LA poetry scene. His name is Dorian Balcom. He's he's a poet who kind of sings through his poetry, and it's it's really really good. It's 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 really engaging, and you just you just can't help but be engrossed by what he's doing up there. So so come to that this Tuesday if you're if you're in LA. It's at nine o'clock and again it's an open reading. It's free. Uh, so check it out. Um, the number to call in is area code six four six seven one six seven three six two. There are plenty of open lines for, for you to call in. Um, we we've got a caller on the line uh, we're gonna get to in a minute. Uh, but I also uh, I promised that about halfway through the show we were going to get to a spoken word track. So uh, this is kind of a teaser to uh, the Poetry Superhighway podcast that we're putting together. And this is a spoken word track from Richard Lynch, who I know is uh, eavesdropping in the chat room as we speak. Uh, Richard Lynch was a recent featured poet of the week on the Poetry Superhighway. And this, in fact, uh, spoken word track is the piece that we published on the Poetry Superhighway the week of December 15th through 21st. So if you go to the Poetry Superhighway website, poetrysuperhighway.com, click on the Poetry Superhighway link and then Past Poets Archive, and you can see about um, three, three down, you can see um, December 15th through 21st, D.A. Hagelberg and Richard Lynch. This is the piece that we published from Richard Lynch. The Reluctant Manual 1. The manual practiced difficult behaviors. Called to duty, the manual responded with enthusiasm, graft and sine wave peaked amplitudes diminishing like the bounding of a rubber ball till it became an absolutely still flatlined EKG. Presented, it coveted thoughts of drama and exaggeration. The crowd shuffled, stooping to look with magnifying glasses, leering in spectacles. The manual exposed unexpectedly before a parted curtain in the exam room violated, its skirts wide open, ankles in stirrups, uneasy, apologetic, menopausal, wishing the last of its ink would evaporate before lusting eyes that reared over naked pages on fumbling horses indelicately. Hooves trampled the flower beds in search of deeper meaning, fertile gardens destroyed for another year. 3. Fantasy did not come in waves of watercolor. 
sustained blows of a searching hammer and chisel sought the heart of stone. Organized archaeological digs and excavations with sophisticated earth-moving tools strip-mined and cataloged into interpretations. Hunts with hounds and trackers, morsels flushed from hiding, were seized on the tips of spears to yells and whoops. Brandished in triumph above balding warrior heads, where lizardly last attempts to escape ended invariably hanging loose as a knotted rope too oily to climb, the meat of it gone, the skin a deflated balloon over its death of jutting ribs, rock hard, hollow, and grave. 4. Spastic metaphor danced lithely cheese balls into fondue. Inside the covers the manual swept and dusted, chased clichés under rugs and behind drapes. In disguises of mustaches, scars, clown suits, rubber noses, and blowing bubble pipes, it wreathed itself in smoke and incense to disguise odors of basements and mold, stored fragile bits in vacuum bags and volleys in plastic resealable receptacles, sanitized, disseminated, debriefed, and scattered deliberately and haphazardly, all in word labyrinths, empty sentence hallways, stairways of logic to nowhere. So paragraphs became haunting ghosts and catacombs themselves, scared that every scrap be found, and the harbor of meaning fill with silence, like shipwrecks and broken hulls, far below the crest of waves. And thank you, Richard, for that extra noise at the end of the track, just so we would know for sure that the poem had ended. We, that's, that's highly appreciated. That was the, the piece, The Reluctant Manual, in the form of a spoken word track from Richard Lynch. You can see the text of that uh, on Richard's past Poets of the Week archive page on the Poetry Super Highway. And that's an example of a spoken word track, that, uh, the kind of thing that we're looking for for the Poetry Super Highway podcast. Uh, it could be, now there's all kinds of things that you could send in. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, I don't mean to uh, 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 assess anything inappropriately, but that Richard recorded that and uh, maybe did a little bit of tweaking of the audio and, and made an MP3 and sent it in. I, I've heard other kinds of more uh, extensively orchestrated uh, uh, spoken word tracks with uh, with music and all kinds of different things mixed in. Really, any kind of spoken word track is is welcome here. It's 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 both the strength of the work that we're looking for, like in, in Richard's piece, um, as well as the uniqueness of the of the production as well. That's the kind of thing that we'll we'll put out in this new venture, which will be syndicated wherever fine podcasts can be subscribed to. So thank you very much, Richard, for sending in that delightful piece. Um, uh, just a secret here on what uh, I look for in poetry. That that piece had the word fondue and and cheese uh, in it. Uh, those are two words that almost automatically, if you submit a poem to the Poetry Superhighway that has the word fondue in it, or is just about cheese in general, that's an almost automatic guarantee that I'll that I'll uh, uh, publish it. It's sort of like a a backdoor password to to automatic uh, publication. So so pretty much it, you have to send in work that's that's really good, that's what will get me to publish it, or just in, include the word fondue. And that's, again, just sort of a, a secret uh, secret password to getting poems published here in the Poetry Superhighway. The number again to call in, it's an open reading. We've got uh, another 25 minutes or so left in the show. Plenty of open lines. We'd love to hear what you would like to read here live on the uh, on the show. The number is 646 716 Six two. Call in, damn you. Call in 
uh, read anything you'd, you'd like, tell us about. Maybe you host a reading in your in your hometown that you'd like to talk about, or maybe you run a poetry website and you want to you're looking for submissions and you want to tell us about that. Maybe you've got a new chapbook or book out that you would like to read. Maybe you have just written a poem that you're excited about that you'd like to share. Maybe you've got an old poem that you've uh, never read uh, on the show. Uh, maybe you've never called into the show. It's uh, it's all of these reasons and any other reason that you could think of. I'd love to hear your work. Uh, and it's of course all of these shows are archived uh, on the Blog Talk Radio page, so anyone can listen to any of the past shows just by going to uh, poetrysuperhighway.com, uh, uh, clicking on the PSH Live link, and you can you can see links to all of the past shows. You can say you listened to the show and you got really excited about it. You, you want to hear every other show that we've done. They're all there. They're all there. All of our monthly open readings, um, our chats with the, the judges that we've uh, that we've uh, of the Poetry Superhighway contest that we've done the past couple of years, um, the winners' announcements of our contest. Um, it's it's a it's a year and a half's worth of archived live, except recorded uh, shows that you can listen to. Again, the number six four six seven one six seven three six two. Our next open reader is Don. Are you there, Don? I sure am. How are you, Rick? I'm doing good, thanks. Now, it looks like there's a lot of ways to pronounce uh, uh, what your name is. Um, uh, uh, what, would you go ahead and pronounce your full name for us? Okay, it's a piece of hay, a seagull, and mountain in Swedish. So it comes out hay, gull, berg, and it's Don as Tauno. Don Estano, that's what I see on my screen. Um, Don, where are you calling from? Sonoma, California. <laughs> Sonoma. And uh, you've called in, uh, did you call in once before? Yes, and I was also featured poet the same time that Rick Lynch was featured. Well, isn't that kismet? Um, <clears throat> great. Well, um, uh, how, how cool that you, you actually got to hear his... Uh, his poem from that week live, and, and I know he's listening right now as well, so I, I guess turn about is fair play. Let's hear your piece. I'm not going to do the same piece. I'm do a, something called Outcasts. This is for Tom Plant and Debt Acknowledged. You, outsider, come. Bring your coffee here beside me. Let's listen to Rebetica this afternoon. Together, let's inhale this music like smoke instead of lighting up the pipe. Let's become one with the cloud of music. Breathe deep. Breathe deep. Here we keep the company of the bazooki. Here is the hollow of the baglava. Let's spend sipping coffee together. Let us finally sit in a place in which there is no hate, in which there are no nation-states in which there is no longshoreman of a true believer with a gaffing hook ready to direct our bale of military uniforms to this port or that port. Hidden in a cloud of music, strangers to loud commands of both officials and officers, let's not take out our papers to roll hush cigarettes. Instead, fellow outcast, let the cloud color us both blue with past sadnesses, blue with thoughts from past mirrors, blue yet warm and satisfied. Sagapo, friend, sagapo, blue yet high, blue yet high. Very well read, Don. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, do you, I, you're the first person ever who um, has shown up in my switchboard with your with your name as opposed to the phone number. Are you using the the click to talk feature, or how are you connecting? Uh, I'm a member of the blog, first of all, and I log in. And then I'm also using the click. Does that make sense? 
Yes. Yeah, so I don't not, understand. Actually, I, no, I understand. You're not calling in using your using your phone. You, you're actually speaking into your microphone no. on the computer. Correct. Okay. Well, that's great because I, it's good to know that that works because uh, we uh, last uh, a couple months ago we had a, a caller trying to use that feature from London and, and she kept uh, kept cutting out. So I don't know if it was the internet connection or whatever, but it's. It's good to know that the click to talk feature works because you, you sounded great. You read your poem beautifully, and it was great to hear it. I'd also like to extend greetings to Clive Matson and all of his students in the Oakland area. Thank you, Clive, for appearing here. It's been a long time since I've heard you. Is, is Clive someone who you've uh, encountered in, in the past at, at readings in person? Uh, he was a guest at least once on my radio show. Oh, you do a show too? I did a show. Oh, did a show, okay. Longer do, do you, it. Yes, this was you, in the 70s. Oh, I get it, okay. Um, before the internet, so it was an actual bona fide radio show, and none of this internet shenanigans. Correct. I'd also like to bring to your attention uh, one thing here. There is the odd month reading of the Redwood Branch of the California Writers Club to be held at the Rincon Valley Library Branch in Santa Rosa on January 10th between 2 and 4. This is a... You have to sign up prior to coming there and you have to sign up with an officer of the Redwood Branch of the California Writers Club. Her name is Ann Wilkes, and you would have to um, Google Redwood, Redwood Branch CWC. Again, her name is Ann Wilkes, if you would like to appear there at that reading. Uh, Sorry, right, well, it's a long-winded. No, no, not at all. So that's a good tip for anyone uh, up in the in the northern California. Sonoma is, is it just north of the Bay Area, is that right? Don? You uh, faded out there. I didn't hear the last portion of your sentence. Oh, I I asked you Sonoma, where you where you are. That's just north of the the San Francisco Bay Area. Yes. It's about 45 minutes north of San Francisco as opposed to an hour and 20 minutes to Santa Rosa, also north. Got it. All right, well, cool. Don, thank you very much for calling in and uh, sharing your work, and I, I look forward to hearing more in the future. Most welcome. Thank you, Rick. <clears throat> thank you. That was uh, Don Hagelberg calling from Sonoma, California. Don uh uh, has called into the show before, and uh, by coincidence, he's also a, a coincidence. He's also a recent uh, poetry superhighway poet of the week. The same week as Richard Lynch, whose uh, spoken word track we just featured here on the show about uh, uh, 10, 12 minutes ago or so. If you click on Past Poets of the Week from the main poetry superhighway menu, you'll see uh, Don B. A. Hagelberg and Richard Lynch um, a few down the week of December 15th through 21st. So you can read. Um, you can read a couple uh, poems from from uh, from Don there, as well as see the the text uh, of the spoken word track that Richard just read as well. You, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the show now, you are welcome to uh, call in, uh, especially if it's January 4th, 2009, between 2 and 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. If you're listening to the show in the archive, don't call in because uh, no one will be here. Uh, you'll uh, well, call in, see what happens. Maybe uh, maybe you've got a special phone that uh, that can make that work for you. So uh, plenty of open lines. The number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. We've definitely got uh, got time for a few more callers in the the last quarter of the show, and it's a great opportunity to uh, have your work heard by um, the hundreds of millions of people who potentially could be listening to this show or who uh, might hear it in the archive um, once we're done. That's right, all of these shows. This show will instantly be available uh, to listen to in the Poetry Superhighway archive, and as well, it will be posted on the front page of the Poetry Superhighway website so you can uh, listen to it in perpetuity 
uh, until the next show, which will be on uh, January, not January, February 1st, by the way. Um, so again, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. And right now I'd like to move on to our next caller from the 818 area code. Hello. Hello, 818. I'm here. Are you there? Oh, yeah. Hang on. Rick, Jerry Garcia. Hey, Jerry. Welcome back to Poetry Superhighway Live. Uh, happy to be here. I'm fumbling through my computer looking for a non-cynical poem because uh, I was reading the poem I was going to read, and I said, yeah, it's pretty cynical, but I'm having bad luck, so I'm going to read the poem I was going to read. Well, thank you for preparing us. Because uh, you're not really a cynical guy, but uh, you know, it, it's good to know that... Uh, we should be prepared for cynicism now. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's uh, all in the eye of the beholder. This uh, poem reflects on uh, what's going on in our uh, economy, life, politics, uh, the yuppie invasion. Um, and it's called My Wana Gita. I stand above this valley of borrowers and Bearing by now temptations of credit, tight to my desires, my wants, with a warrior's stance, preparing to slay swarming throngs of stampeding shoppers, temporal gifts in my cart, riches of avarice stacked on my side, a theric battle of consumerism. Attempting to return to the Bhagavad Gita enlightenment of my naive youth, Lighting jasmine sticks, attempting to burn away fiscal additions, hemorrhaging financial insecurities, sneezing at Wall Street's smoky scent, fires raging, my wana gita, the desire for my neighbor's goods, fruit of the Costco conspiracy, purchase of many splendors outweighing procurement of few staples. Electronic technicolor beams to envision worlds better than mine. Digital photo devices to steal one's essence. Fine wine to showcase my knowledge, rank, and fashion. Where did 1967 go? Yellow V-dub flower power, piston clatter on Sunset Boulevard, Indian rug covering backseat passion in Pacific Palisades, acid trip disregard, dirty sandals, and tie-dye squalor at the Pan Pacific Auditorium, dirty hair and oily zits in the classroom of comparative religion and American lit, while incense dissipated like cogent thoughts in our heads. We grew conscience, Hollywood free clinic, pumping overdoses and talking daddy's girls off the ledge. Strange how finding oneself would lead to a new business culture, war being the money maker of all time. Self-promotion and advertising make this world go round like pants around my ankles waiting for the next stab from self-indulgent barons, giving, taking, putting us right at the skid row of our intelligence. Upside down on suburban grass, Susie Homemaker sells her jewelry on eBay to pay the mortgage electronically. Counting dollars till payday, I slowly sip green tea to quell the headache of digested fine wine. Wow, Jerry, that was fantastic. You know, I you're probably familiar with my my uh, hosting style. I'm always kind of looking for like a key phrase or a line that I can say some funny comment on or, or something. And I, I just, like every other line there, I go, oh, that's the one. Oh, that's the one. Oh, that's the one. That was just such a great poem with so many wonderful images and, and, and things. I, I, my, my head is a swirl. <laughs> well, I, I, I have no idea what to say. Well, thank you. I, I always enjoy your, your, your comebacks and retorts to, uh, to my lines of poetry. And others. Well, just trying to keep the show moving, you know. Well, you do that well. Is that a, is that a new piece? Uh, relatively new. I started writing it just before Christmas. Uh, I found myself uh, balancing my check and 
decided to write to light some incense in my home office here to uh try and mellow myself and it just threw me into that, you know. Have I become what have I become in this world? Well, if you're still lighting uh, incense in your home office, uh, 1967 can't be that far away. No, <laughs> it's, it's it's as close as my uh, my incense lighting hand. Uh, on the on the other hand, having a home office might you know defile the whole thing. <laughs> well, you know, my sister, my my sister, my 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 wife walks in here and sees you know my stack of computers and stuff, and you know likens me to the uh, the. Uh, and um, I don't know if you saw the movie, the uh, the uh, final lethal weapon, where uh, the guy's sitting there with all his computers in the room, and really, really, she really screws with my head that way. <laughs> well, that's that's what spouses are for, I guess, um, or sisters for that matter. Yeah. Um, there's a good role play. You guys try that tonight. Um, but quickly, though, you are a uh, you're one of the co-directors of the Valley Contemporary Poets, and um, I, I just saw an email from you today that you've got two readings coming up here in Southern California. A couple of good ones. Maybe you want to uh, mention those here on the air. Yes, absolutely. Our um, our first reading will be it'll be our first uh, Sunday reading for the year of our Sunday series, which is going to. Um, have Majid Nafisi and uh, Laurel Ann Bogan, who are both wonderful poets. Laurel Ann Bogan, of course, is sort of the grandmama of poetry teachers. And uh, I would hate to think. I'm sure, she'd love to hear that. that. Yes, <laughs> is the kind of the queen of uh, poetry teachers here in in L.A. Teaching at uh, UCLA and uh, Extension for I think 20 years. And uh, lively performances. She, uh, as a teacher, she just won their best, um, their favorite teacher award, or best teacher award for uh, 2008. And uh, she has been um, given the uh, LA Weekly Award for best performer uh, poet in in the past. And uh, does does a wonderful cross section of poetry between. Um, romance and uh, hardcore, you know, what's life all about politics. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And Majid Nafisi, I actually uh, uh, met through Laurel Ann, and uh, he's an Iranian poet who escaped uh, the revolution, came to L.A. in 83, and got a doctorate in uh, in, uh, Persian studies and language, and... uh, it's just marvelous, just a, a marvelous uh, poet, um, a lot of feeling. And, and But I don't know if a lot of people know about this, but he's actually a blind poet. And he does his readings in a very unique way, so it would be an um, be amazing thing to come see. Now, what's what's the date and location of that reading? That is uh, at the Tarzana Community Center. It is on uh, January... 18th and um, three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, poets can go. Or people interested can uh, write me at uh, vcpoets at packbell.net or simply go to um, to www.valleycontemporarypoets.org, which will actually redirect them to our MySpace page, but that has all the information on it as well. And then um, uh, Tuesday, the following Tuesday night, January 20th, at your your um, venue at the uh, Cobalt Cafe, we will be presenting Corey Greathouse. Corey is a is new to the LA scene. She comes from, uh, she, although born in Orange County, she comes from uh, Northampton, Massachusetts, where she spent several years writing and painting. And she's got uh, she's a fresh voice and. Uh, and I think it'll be a very entertaining evening, uh, as the Cobalt Poets always is an entertaining evening. Well, thank you very much, and, and uh, thanks for all that, that info and for your, for, for your great poem and for calling in today. Always a pleasure, Rick. You take care. You too. That's uh, Jerry Garcia calling from here in Southern California. He's one of the co-directors of the Valley Contemporary Poets and um, uh, read a cynical but, uh, but, uh, but fun uh, piece and um, a repeat caller into Poetry Superhighway Live as well. 
Um, we've got about five minutes left in the show. Uh, open lines, the, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. And we're moving to our next caller from the 845 area code. Hello. Hello? Hi. Oh, hi. Oh, my name is Teresa. Is this Rick? Hi, Teresa. Where are you calling from? Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> okay. I hear... Ow, you got to turn down your computer because you got there's a delay. So just listen on the phone, okay? Okay, I'm calling from New York. New York City? No, uh, from Dutchess County, Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. Do you have a poem for us? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of short. Um, we have time for a short poem. Okay. <laughs> Um, I didn't expect to get through, or so I'm. I'm a little nervous, actually. It's okay, okay. You're just talking to me on the phone, and maybe oh. 10 million other people. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this. Um, this is a kind of a little fairly new, but um, it was just published online and um, on uh, Seven Circle Press, and um, it's called Healing. Um, two weeks. After radiation, you slowly slide your index finger across your gristly areola. Gently peel the dark brown skin from your left breast. Tiny flakes fall to the floor. An odor, like the smell of dirt and the cracks of a child's neck. Your right breast, almost ivory, soft pink nipple, accompanies the ghostly lingering of the left side. And you're naked in the mirror, hairs wet from the morning shower, armpits damp from sweat already gathering as you softly rub ointment on your tender scar. Feel the slight indent, gravity filling it in. You hesitate before getting dressed. Eyes trace the brown scaling triangle from your left breast, extending slightly into the shade of health on your right side. You feel a silence of process, that languid, invisible sketching of the path you've taken to heal your body. It's something like that dream you remember from childhood, the brook crossing that doesn't end. You're caught, you're caught somewhere midstream, deaf amid a strong current, cold water soothing hot toes through sneakers. And that's it. Teresa, that's very nice. Well done. Thank um, you. So this is your first time calling in. Or do you participate in any uh, readings in, uh, in uh, Dutchess County? Um, I was in a couple readings, one at Marist College, um, because I teach and tutor there part-time, and um, another one at, oh, God, the Cubbyhole Cafe. That was, that was a while ago. Um, and I also just wanted to say I'm the editor and publisher of a new online um, poetry and tattoo literary journal um, oh, cool. called Holly Rose Review. And uh, um, I would love for you know more people to check it out and for people to submit. What's um, the uh, what's the website address? It's www.hollyrosereview.com. And that's. Just like it's uh, uh, just like it's uh, sounds H O L L Y R O S E. Yep. Yes. Cool. And what uh, any particular uh, uh, bent or slant to your to, to this uh, new online publication? Um, well, it's uh, poetry and tattoos, and each um, issue has a theme. Um, the first issue uh, theme was peace in any form. <sighs> And the issue coming up in June, um, the theme is passion. So, just That's great. Um, so, so check it out at hollyrosereview.com, www.hollyrosereview.com. You're, you're accepting submissions now for the, the second theme, for passion? Yes. Actually, um, the tattoo, uh, t the photos of tattoo submissions are open now, and poetry submissions don't open until February. Um, but anyway, if people would like to check out that site. <clears throat> Sounds good. Well, um, Teresa, thank you so much for calling in, and please do call in again in, in the future. 
Okay, thank you very much for listening to me. Reed. No problem. That was uh, Teresa calling from Poughkeepsie, New York, ending our uh, show for this week. This has been the January 2009 edition of Poetry Superhighway Live. Our next show will be on Sunday, February 1st at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. You can listen to this and all of our archived shows by clicking on PSH Live at uh, PoetrySuperHighway.com. Thanks to everyone for calling in. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and uh, look forward to uh, looking forward to hearing you next time.